Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I was joined by, a, well, it was a debut performance uh, by a Michael Salvatore uh, to discuss our... I guess disappointing uh, loss to our arch enemies, uh, Essendon. I think that's eight in a row now we've lost to them. So yeah, no, no, bitterly disappointing in that regard and the the comprehensive loss. But um, yeah, that's the way it goes. And I, I feel like there's lots of positives, uh, which I talked to Michael about as well. So there's a lot to take out of the performance. Anyways, I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Michael right now to discuss it. So I've got a debut here today, uh, Michael Salvatore an avid North Melbourne supporter. So Michael's a bit nervous on debut. I didn't uh, give you a jumper presentation or anything like that on the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast, Michael. Sorry about that. Um, is that all right? That's okay. Thanks, Dean. That's a bit like Callum Dawson yesterday. Dave. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, no, you can uh, take a photo with the family and all that. So, you know, that'll, that'll be good for you. I'll frame it up in the room. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. All right, uh, before we get into yesterday's game, uh, unfortunately, against uh, our old rivals, we'll start with the reserves mm. game yesterday, which was um, quite tough conditions, very blustery wind. Um, I don't know how much you've seen, but uh, we'll talk about Taron Thomas. Uh, he's obviously been, um, you know, had a lot of personal issues the last few weeks, but uh, I thought he um, yeah, bounced back quite well yesterday, 27 touches and a few clearances and got himself involved in the game. How did you see his performance? At times when I logged the up to watch a bit of the game, I saw him have a bit of an impact. Um, disposal was all right. Um, he got the ball inside 50 about eight times, had about six clearances. And he also laid a few tackles too. So I think he's trying to make himself a bit of a statement to get back into the side. I would love to see him back in the side. It's just been a little bit frustrating though, um, not having him in and at form, but understood with his personal leave and that sort of stuff going on. So it was nice to see him back out there again, enjoying himself, I think, a little bit more than um, he has at the start of this year. Yeah, he's had a tough year, uh, along with a, you know, a number of other players as well. But, uh, yeah, he's done himself no harm uh, in giving himself a chance to uh, come back this week. And, yeah, I thought he uh, put in a real good performance in really trying conditions. Um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Eddie Ford. Now, there's a lot of talk, uh, a lot of supporters uh, going off on uh, social sort of saying why he he didn't get picked, especially with Paul Curtis out of the team. Were you a bit surprised that uh, he wasn't... Um, wasn't even wasn't considered like he wasn't even in the in the squad of uh, what is it 20 or 26 27 players or anything like that, uh, to play this week he's had a few few weeks back in the reserves after a you know a hamstring injury earlier in the year um, yeah were, were you a bit surprised by that um, look to be honest with you I was a little bit surprised due to the fact that we knew Curtis would be out with COVID um, however I think that has also got to do with his pressure acts as a forward too. Um, I've noticed a lot with uh, Spicer and um, Curtis, they're both um, very good with their pressure acts. They're averaging about 16 um, per game for the games they've played. I've seen um, Eddie Ford's pressure acts have been a bit low for his standard, but I think it's more the second-year blues and the injury, obviously, that's kept him out of the side. 
it's always going to be onwards and upwards from here for him. Um, once we get some more games into these sort of blokes, City Ford and uh, with the likes of Curtis and um, Spicer, I think that there'll be a damaging three um, amigos that used to call him for Carlton. They'll be us for uh, North Melbourne. So, look, I'm not too concerned. We've, we've got to give these guys a bit of time to develop as well in the VFL before coming into the AFL. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. I think he'll break out next year. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised that uh, he, di he didn't get picked this week, only because Paul Curtis is out of team. But like you said, uh, maybe he's got things to work on, uh, especially his pressure in, uh, pressure, yeah, pressure acts in, in the forward line. Um, not that uh, our forward line in, in the seniors have been uh, given too much pressure, in, uh, especially after uh, yesterday, but um, we'll get into that more. Um, yeah. Did you see much of Charlie Combin? He had a very quiet game, but it was very difficult conditions and you know i think it was more important that uh, he got through unscathed you know i think he only had four touches or five touches uh mr mr shot at goal um yeah I, I felt it was more important that he just got through unscathed and, and will be better for the run yeah i agree he's had a bit of issues with his knee as well in the past like he's had to have some screws taken out to help him get back to um, running around freely, jumping freely, kicking freely. So it's just going to take time for him. He's he's had the cobwebs out for this game against uh, the Dons and hopefully he comes out against the Swans, kicks a few snags. But I did like his forward pressure. He, um, he had six tackles, um, I think, out of the ruck as well, a few tackles laid here and there. So he had six tackles and, look, he'll just get better as it goes on. Once he gets himself right, he's in there with Larky. You never know what could happen. Yeah, do you think that's an opportunity? Like, if he plays the next couple of weeks, it doesn't matter what uh, sort of form he gives us in the reserves, especially if they're tough conditions, that they might even try that in round 23. Um, yeah, against Gold Coast. I'd love to even see it from Ad against Adelaide because, you know, Adelaide's a good defensive side where they've got some height there. Um, drawing um, a few players away from Larky, perhaps, maybe might work with Chum. But even Chum going up the ground at centre-half forward, like we saw what he did against the Swans uh, when he played last year. And, you know, reward for effort comes along with that too. So it's exciting to see what comes ahead. But I'd love to see him play against um, Adelaide and get two games in a row there in the AFL standard. Yeah, it's, he's had a real bad luck, yeah, a real run of bad luck with injuries. I mean, every time he seems to get close to a senior uh, berth, he, he seems to get injured. Um, before he uh, had that knee surgery, he was pretty much in line to play that week. And yeah, yeah he was. He, yeah, so, yeah, he's, yeah, we'd love to see him out there because we want to see that Larky, Combin, and even Zerha um, forward, uh, forward line, uh, you know, going and, and see what that offers us. So... Uh, yeah, next year, hopefully you can, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we said it this year at the start of the year, but hopefully next year you can certainly get a good run of, uh, you know, continuity in his body and have a really good pre-season. I think he had a good pre-season this year, but um, he's just had bad luck since the season started with a couple uh, injuries as well. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, he uh, had that's, a pretty good pre-season, but I think he also had a shortened pre-season and the club and him also put themselves onto a little sort of plan. Sorry to cut you off, by the way. No, no. They no. put themselves in a little plan as well to have him play... I think it was four or five games in a row before he actually came out and played AFL footy. So that was a plan between him and the club because he knows that he needs that game time in the VFL to get himself right for um, AFL. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, you, um, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth there, Michael. So, no, you're off to a good start. You've uh, had a few intercepts in the back line there and uh, doing quite well on your debut. So... 
we've got to go to the unfortunate part. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, yesterday yesterday's game um, against the, against their rivals. Um, what are your thoughts on the game overall? I actually thought we did okay, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I actually was happy with the way we played. It's just little things that were missing from the game where the bit of craft, the forward line, um, wasn't really there. I think we relied on going to Nick Larky too many times. Um, but also, I think Larky was trying to lead a bit too early, going towards um, our midfielders kicking inside 50. But he was also a little bit focused on the player behind him rather than what's going on in front of him. If you hadn't noticed, he was holding the jumper a lot because he was worried he was going to get a free against him, I'm pretty sure, or worried he wasn't get to the ball in time. So, yeah, like I said, we played well. It wasn't a bad game. It was just turnovers that really didn't help us um, going into 50 or even going after the halfway point of the ground. Um, so... Even clearances, we dominated clearances. It was unbelievable. You had Huey Greenwood in there having five centre clearances off 17 um, centre bounce attendances, which is unreal stats. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I felt like it was a bit of a wasted opportunity in that. Like, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm being a bit pessimistic because we played against Essendon. I really want to beat them. But, uh, yeah, so yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just the clearances. Like, you know, I think centre clearances were, like, uh, plus 14 and, you know, clearances around the ground plus 20. I just felt like it was a bit of a wasted opportunity. Um, yeah, they won the game from their defensive half, basically. They kicked uh, nine goals to one behind from their defensive 50 as opposed to us kicking one one behind from our defensive 50. So, yeah, no, it was just a, yeah, it, was, it was probably a little bit frustrating in that regard. You talked about turnovers. Do you think we overdid the handball a bit, a little bit yesterday? Got uh, ourselves it, in was, it was so frustrating. And yesterday I actually sat um, next to the um, bench, our, our, our north bench, and you could see the players just getting a little bit frustrated because of one too many handballs. And you could hear them actually instructing players from the boundary, move here, move there, move here, move there sort of thing. Um, but, they, yeah, the handballs were one too many at times. It was just like, why wouldn't you just back yourself in to take on the game a bit more and use your vision for your kicking? Like, we're not that bad at kicking at times. It's just the not they're not confident. They're not backing themselves in like they should be week to week. Yeah, I suppose that comes with confidence, doesn't it? And just belief. Um, yeah, it's just getting that synergy right between the defensive midfield and forwards because Larky probably would have led two or three times, but they just overused the handball and, yeah, then and then it just um, got lost. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of poor passes where he's doubling back and then we kick it, you know, uh, in front of him, you know, in front of the defender or he's leading up and then we kick it over his head. So it's just about getting that synergy right from all the way through. And, uh, yeah, like you said, there was a lot of positives. I, you know, I mean, the clearance work, um, the hard part, you know, we, we really dominated in. Um, I, I suppose, we, you know, I expected it a little bit because of the injuries I had. Darcy Parrish and Dylan Shield laid out yesterday. So that's a go with their second-tier midfielder. I think we even seen Jake Stringer go in the midfield for uh, periods of time uh, yesterday. So, yeah, no, look. Lots, lots of work with both Josh Inkin, um yesterday. Big positive after being tagged out of the game last week against Hawthorne and getting a tag this week, but he overcame it against Joy Cald Caldwell, who came off no, injured. Yeah, who came off injured in the third quarter, but uh, still had you know forty one touches and even even at half time, you know he still had twenty. So you know, yeah, just um, he beat the tag. So that's that's a great sign of maturity. 
So yeah, no, so um, yeah, plenty to be yeah optimistic about at the end of the day. So yeah, um, yeah, I mean it's good uh, for the next coach. Hopefully that gets announced uh, in the next few days, but we'll talk about that soon. Um, yeah. What about uh, negatives? I mean we touched on it a little bit just over the use of the handball. Uh, anything else? Um, tackling wasn't really there yesterday either. Yeah. A lot of tackles have slipped, and I feel like that was also the reason why Essendon were able to go forward so easily. Um, I felt that we were, were outmarked ever around the ground, um, contested as well. Uh, marks inside 50 weren't even you know that much, considering that we actually went inside 50 more than we usually would. So that was um, a bit of a negative towards that, unfortunately. And having 16 more turnovers in the Dolphins, that's going to kill you, as, um, as it always has for us, and unfortunately... Yeah, yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, like you talk about marks inside 50, 13 to 7. Uh, they just used the ball a bit better. And, you, you know, we talk about missed tackles. We had uh, three forwards that didn't lay a tackle, Phoenix Spicer, Nick Larkey and Cameron Zerha. So it, that makes it really hard to put uh, pressure on their running defenders. And you've seen, uh, you know, uh, Mason Redmond was just unbelievable yesterday. Uh, yeah, 32 touches, 600 metres gains, 97% uh, disposal efficiency, Six intercept marks. Um, yeah, it was clearly you know, the match winner for them yesterday, and we just we just couldn't get um, yeah we we just couldn't uh, figure out a way to contain him. And uh, yeah, Laverty as well. Twenty three touches. That's a key back. You know, you sort of um, we've we've kind of made it easy for him. Jake Kelly as well. He's probably been averaging about twelve possessions a game. Got nineteen yesterday. So yeah, yeah, it was about. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, the forward half of our game just really hurt us. And like you said, the inside 50 count was, um, I think we are leading at uh, three-quarter time. I think it was, I'm just looking now, like last quarter blew out a bit, but I think it was 44-41 to three-quarter time. And yeah. so, yeah, usually yeah, we we're, we're lucky to get, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually we, we've, there's been some weeks we've been getting 25-30. So, yeah, we're getting the ball inside 50, but just getting that synergy right, yeah, that was um, that was the big um yeah, negative, I suppose. Last quarter, 19 inside 50 to 7 to Essendon. So they just um, opened up the game a bit. And, yeah, we ran out of legs, unfortunately, uh, in the end. Just want to but, mention as well, um, Jaden Stevenson was unbelievable of halfback as mm. well, again. Um, going back to the game against Carlton in um, the second quarter, when he played off halfback, he made that game his. His use of the ball was outstanding. And yesterday, again, it reflected. Um, he just looks up to where he's kicking. He can find a target like no one else can. He just pinpoint accuracy is unbelievable. So I think his next, he's, he's found his spot as, as a halfback player where he can just easily find vision, cut through the ground. And um, look, I'm very excited for um, how he goes with the next coach that comes in. We all know who we hope that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, we certainly. Have. What do you see him as a in the future? Do you see him as that halfback rebound defender, or do you see him as still that uh, inside fifty type of player that he's, you know, probably uh, made famous at Collingwood for? I think he can be that half attacking player. We saw. I can't remember who it was against. I think it was last week, week before against Richmond. We kicked that goal, um, playing off yeah. halfback again, and. I'd love to see him go for spells at full forward like he did at Collingwood in those, in those days, in the Rising Star days. Um, but I think the new role for him is to play off halfback. And he proved himself yesterday. His tackling pressure's improved. His um, demeanour's improved for the ball and for his mates around him as well. So I think his spot is going to be held at halfback. 
Yeah, I think I think for the rest of this season, he'll definitely be there. I mean, they pushed him forward last week, and I thought he was okay up forward last week. He had 18 touches, a much improved uh, performance, but he's getting that consistency that you want out of, uh, you know, the halfback line. Yeah, and like you said, he does use the ball really well. He's a very smart footballer. You know, he know, knows how to hit, hit targets. Uh, 551 metres gained yesterday. And, yeah, like you said, his tackling pressure has improved a lot, uh, particularly the last couple of weeks. I mean, he got that he got uh, you know, that scrutiny against Collingwood where he put in a couple of poor efforts uh, in the last quarter. And that, that was... Um, that, you know, they pretty much, uh, everyone summed up his game based on those two efforts. But before that, he was actually going all right in those first three quarters. So I think he's um, definitely found consistency and a role in the back line uh, at the moment, which is which is good to see because we all know how talented uh, Jaden Stevenson is. Um, I thought Jason Old Francis back, uh, bounced back uh, pretty well yesterday too. How did you see his game? I was just thinking the exact same thing. I think that one of his, there's one of his best games in the blue and white. Um, he looked... From the beginning, I said to a couple of mates who were with me, I said, he's on today. He looks very determined to um, get our side, get our side over the line. Um, unfortunately, we didn't, but he looked very good. He looked more relaxed than normal too, I reckon. Like he had a big weight off his shoulders that, hey, I can do this. And he sort of proved that he, he can do the job at AFL level. I mean, we know he can, but answering a few critics of his own, you know, going back to a few rounds ago where he was a bit quieter. I think yesterday he was a, a lot more attacking and he um, sort of had the impact around the ground that we all know he can do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Look, yeah, it was his best game probably since earlier in the year. And, you know, 21 touches, you know, uh, 76 uh, disposal efficiency. So about uh, average for, for our team anyway. I mean, the only thing that's lacking is probably his pressure at the moment. has dropped off a bit too. Like, uh, according to champion data, only 10 pressure points yesterday. That comes off last week. We're only at eight. You know, we're, you know earlier in the year, he was doing those big tackles. You know, when uh, he was doing those chase down tackles against like a Fremantle and, and so forth. But, uh, you know, I think that'll come. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, I think the pressure has come off him a bit. The media scrutiny has come off him a bit, which is good to see. And I'm pretty confident he'll sign a... Yeah, he'll re-sign with the club at the end of the season. Um, I yeah. Agree. yeah, I think he's. He looks like he wants to be there now. So maybe halfway through the year, he is. Yeah, it was. Um, not that he wants to leave or anything like that, but he's probably a bit frustrated that. Uh, yeah, things weren't going as well as he'd hoped, and as well as everyone else. Yeah. Hoped. I guess so. That, that's just the way it goes. But uh, yeah, I was I was impressed with his comeback game uh, yesterday. I wanted to talk you... to you. About... Yeah. Do you think that maybe him having a larger season in the sample last year, going deep in the finals, may have some little impact on how his body's taking things now at AFL level? Yeah, well, playing against men, uh, traditionally, um, if you do it early, you, you seem to uh, adapt to AFL level uh, quicker than probably players that have just come straight from under-18s. And yep. he looks like a player, like, you know, even early in the season, he looked like a player that's, you know, 25, 26 with his mature body. Just, um, yep. yeah, his ability to crash packs. So, yeah, look, I think it helped him uh, playing Sandful last year. And he was very good in a Sandful last year too. Oh, no so, doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, uh, yeah, no, it's a fair point. No, that's, uh, that's a fair point, Michael. So, yeah, no, it's, that's a good one. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Phoenix Spicer and his game. Now, I put out a tweet yesterday. I wasn't too, like, I was a little critical that, um, you know, look, and this is, you know, just 
who he is at the moment. It's, it's nothing against him. You know, um, you, you talked about Jaden Stevenson now. He's improved his pressure. But I just felt like yesterday he didn't go hard enough. Um, and that, that's probably, you know, a bit of a stinging criticism. You know, he didn't put his head over the ball when we had to. Uh, missed a lot of tackles that uh, you really want to see. Tackled with the arms, didn't tackle with the body and shoulder like you should. Uh, I, and I know he's small, but um, it's a brutal business at the end of the day. And I think he'll be better for it. Uh, you know, like uh, as far as uh, a lesson that um, you know, we talk about, you know, the lessons learned, uh, as David Noble used to say, Eric's coach. You know, um, but uh, how do you see his game? Um, I thought, as every week so far, he's, he's giving effort he can give in. He's hmm. probably two seconds off of really making an impact on play and on the play in front of him. Um, I think that Yesterday, it was a quieter game than normal for him. Not in terms of quieter, I mean, he wasn't having that driving impact he had against Hawthorne where he'd make several efforts to um, make a play for the team. Um, but I also think that not having Paul Curtis with him um, slowed him down a bit with his pressure because those two work together so well. Mm. And his pressure acts, like I said, have been outstanding for the last few weeks. Um, he's on averaging 16.2 or 16.4 off the top of my head. He had 17 up to three-quarter time and didn't really do a, a, you know, a lot after three-quarter time. Did I say quarter time or three-quarter time before that? Yeah, three-quarter time, yeah. Three-quarter yeah. time. So, yeah. look, he's it's, it's going to take time, as it's going to take time for all the young guys too. Once we see him play 50 games for the club, he's going to be doing things that we haven't seen a North player do since Lizzie Thomas. Yeah, 100%. Look, he's only played probably half a dozen games. Yeah, I think around that. And, yeah, he's had a long-term injury at the start of the year too. And I think, you know, I think he's doing a lot of things well. Look, he's getting himself into the position, right positions and he's doing the right things by getting himself involved in, you know, putting the pressure act on. He's just not weighing the tackles at the moment. Um, exactly and, right. Yeah. And he's got to size up a bit more, I think, too, as well. Um, yeah. Leg, um, core-wise as well, his core's got to strengthen a bit more. Upper body, he's looking pretty decent, but I think he's just got to start with his preseason coming up. I think it's more crucial than um, it have, has been for him to really develop his body into something of a weapon. Yeah, 100%. Look, yeah, I don't think he's going to ever be a huge player, and you don't want him to get too big because he probably might even lose a little bit of pace, uh, that, uh, which he's uh, known for. It's just... Uh, Unfortunately, when sometimes when um, yeah you, you put in you, you don't really want to put your head over the ball and you don't really want to tackle the ball tends to follow you a lot and he was in the in the game a lot yesterday and probably uh, probably didn't want it um, too much uh, to be honest with you uh, but uh, AFL is tough and yeah you, you, I, I think uh, the more games he plays the more confident he'll get in his ability he just needs to weigh that one big tackle and holding the ball and I think he'll be okay so yeah Absolutely. no. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think he'll be yeah, and like you said, also that uh, missing Paul Curtis might have just thrown him off a bit. Um, playing with someone else in the half forward line might have just uh, thrown him out of, out of whack a bit. But uh, yeah, Paul, Paul Curtis should be back this week, so that uh, that uh, might help him a lot. Um, how did you see Callum Dawson's de- debut game? I thought he did okay. As the game went on, he started to understand the game at AFL level a lot more than. Um, we thought he would, well, more than I thought he would. Um, I did call out for him to come out of um, 
come into the side weeks ago, but I think they made the right call playing him with BFL first. Yesterday, he just kept on going, kept on improving, and he kept on backing himself in. And by the end of the game, I think he was one of our strongest defenders. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a little bit to work on. Like Sometimes he just let uh, James Stewart uh, lead him to the ball, where he just didn't put a body on early enough. But, um, yeah, that's experience. You know, that's AFL experience. But there is a lot to like about him. Like, he's, he's quite quick off the mark, I felt. Um, he's closing down speeds okay. I think he'll... Um, you know, he'll be a good intercept player. Um, he's definitely shown that in the VFL this year. So, yeah, and he's, yeah, but especially at Williamstown. But, um, yeah, no, I think uh, for a debut game, that was uh, that, that was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah he's, um, his disposal can let him down a little bit. Like, he probably lacks a bit of penetration with his kick, but um, I think that's something you work on in the off-season. But uh, a lot to like there, which is good to see. And we're, we're desperate for that uh, uh, key defender, aren't we, really? Yeah, we are, and... As I've said as well, with other players, build games into them, build a pre-season to them, and things will just fall into their lap. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So couldn't agree more. We'll move on from the players. Now, there's uh, a lot of talks and a lot of rumours going around, as you'd know, uh, Michael, that uh, Clarkson might be announced as coach as soon as this week. Now, would you be happy with that and think it's the right choice? The anxiety around this is unbelievable because every single thing I look on my Twitter, my Facebook, my messages, it's about Clarko. Is he gonna? Co- is he gonna be told? Are we gonna be told if he's gonna be coach tomorrow? Is it gonna be at the end of this week? I've got a little bit of a vibe about it, like it's that, like a David Noble um, stepping down or sacking, whatever it was. Two days after that, it happened after the game. And two days after yesterday's game, going to tomorrow, it could be the same. Because I, I had that vibe where it was going to happen for Noble. I'm getting the similar vibe that's going to happen with Clarko. Now, I don't know if it's going to be the right thing to do with three games to go. But it's going to reduce everyone's anxiety around it because we're all going crazy. I think he is the right choice to be our coach going ahead. There's going to be a lot of players right now who are going to be thinking, oh man, like I haven't done this sort of work before with a, a big name coach. Do I really need to pull my finger out? Am I doing enough as a player? So the right man is Clarko. I 100% believe that. And I think he's going to be bringing the best out of every single player who he comes across on our list. Yeah, I think at this stage, I think he would be the right choice. And uh, I think sports better uh, really um, gone in in on him and put him in as, as dollar forty favorite uh, at the yeah. moment. So, and, also, have, you, have you also noticed that the last 48 to 72 hours, there has been no media speculation about Clark out of North Melbourne or even anything about North Melbourne receiving Clarko. It's been very quiet. And this is the same sort of scenario with the David Noble sacking or the let go because there wasn't much going on, not much volume around the media before the departure happened. So is it a bit of deja vu in that sense? I don't know. Yeah, oh, I hope you're right. (laughs) Um, I hope so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Look, I think a lot still has to play out. Look, I think, you know, contracts and and so forth, and, you know, there's a lot to talk about, you know, know, his assistance, what he wants to get in, um, what, you know, I'm not too sure, but there's plenty of answers you have to see uh, play out. But I don't know if they've already decided that. 
I mean, there's been no talk that we're looking, even looking at another coach at the moment. Um, we're waiting on him to decide, you know, are you coaching us or not? And if, you know, if, if he says no, then we'll probably have a process where we look at other other options. But, uh, yeah, no, um, it, it does look promising at the moment. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's gone very quiet. So who knows? Um, yeah, a decision might be as imminent as tomorrow. But, uh, you know, you sort of said, uh, you know, I mean, would it be the right thing to do with three weeks to go in the season or, or, or something like that? I mean, we've got a caretaker anyway, so who's doesn't look like he really wants the job at the moment anyway, Lee Adams. No, but I think having him around as um, maybe a succession plan or maybe as um, keeping keeping around for the VFL guys as well. Because yeah. Patch speaks very well. He he knows his football quite well. And I reckon he would thrive under Clarko very well. Yeah, look, I think he goes back to the VFL coach. Yeah, he's still only 34 years old, very young. Um yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, no, he speaks quite well. I thought he spoke quite well um, Yeah, yeah. yesterday after the game. You know, he sort of uh, was very optimistic about our chances and, you know, even talked about, oh, well, I, I, you know, we're still a chance to win a couple more games this year or, or to, words to that effect. So, yeah, no, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, see how that pans out. But, um, yeah, we announced Brad Scott when he came down uh, after Danny Laidley. That uh, yeah, we announced that two or three weeks before the season uh, finished as well. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, announcing it early, and that way they can prepare for the off season as well and look at a few players that uh, are on the fringes, I suppose, like a Josh Walker or something like that, and they can make decisions on him quicker, I guess, as well. So we'll, we'll get to that now. Like we've got a few players um, that are uncontracted uh, at the end of the season. Like Zerha, Goldstein, uh, Bailey Scott, Curtis Taylor, Flynn Perez, Jed Anderson. Um, are you worried about any of them leaving, especially like a Cameron Zerha? I'm not worried at all, to be honest with you. Um, you can see how much the club means to players like Zerha and Goldie, even Bailey Scott. Like Bailey Scott, he's had that 50 games where you've seen the development really rapidly improve in his game. And Curtis Taylor yesterday, he was fantastic. You could see the passion in his eyes at the club and his mates around. I feel like Perez, he's he's still coming. He's had that ACL injuries in the past, and yeah. now he's getting some games under his belt. I think he can become something off maybe a halfback, maybe a wing. As for Jed Anderson, I've got question marks over him, actually. Um, I don't know if he'll stay at the club. I don't know. Maybe if Clarko does come in, if he'll keep him in, because when Clarko was coach of Hawthorne and when Anderson was there, Anderson didn't last at... Um, Hawthorne came to North, so mm. anything can happen with all these players, but I'm not really worried at all. Maybe Goldstein, he could move on. Um, the the coaches or um, listeners could move him on just so we can have Coleman Jones and uh, Tristan Sherry both rucking together and being that next crop of future for the club, hopefully leading into that premiership success. So it's, it's it's hard one, really, with Goldstein, but all the other players, and except for Anderson, I see them staying. Yeah, I think it's more a case, like, I think if you want to keep Anderson, we'll probably will. I'm not too sure what the mark will be like. Like, I think he'd be a good fit at Essendon, to be honest with you. Not that I ever want to say that in a sentence. But, yeah, because they kind of need that uh, big contested midfielder. I'm not too sure if, you know, uh, Zach Merritt, Darcy Parrish, it, it, you know, they need someone feeding them. And he'd be a perfect fit for them. Todd Goldstein, you know, you, look, 
I mean, his form has been too good to almost, you know, just let him go, to be honest with you. Like, uh, you know, especially... He's like a fine wine, and it's yeah. very hard to... See. You want to see him play 300 games as a shin bone for us. You re- I really would love to see it happen, but I also really... I really think it's time to move on. I love the bloke, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, North Porters, you can put egg on my face if you want to do that. But I think the future's now instead of two years' time with Ruck. That's just yeah. what I say about it because we, we really need to look forward. We can't keep looking towards goals in to save us. What if he goes down at the injury at the start of next year? You know, touch wood if he does play for us as he's a 300. It's things yeah. like this we need to really, really think about because it's the future of our club that really needs to improve. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, we've got Jacob Edwards as well on the reserves, who also is developing okay, but and I think yeah. a good pre-season for him. Yeah, he, he gives you that uh, other option um, down down, uh, down the track. Yeah, I'm not too sure about this one side goals thing. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the sentimental thing um, is there for me. I want him to play 300 at North. He's, he's probably been the best ruckman the club's ever had. So, yeah, it's it's hard to let that go. And we sort of let go Robbie Tarrant last year. So it's it's kind of getting that balance right. Like, do, you know, if we let him go, is that too much experience to let him go? And is Callum Coleman-Jones ready uh, to be the number one ruck? Is Tristan Sherry ready to be the number one ruck? Um, I, I suppose uh, time will tell. And sometimes you've just got to throw him in the deep end and see how they go. So, no, that, that's a fair call. Um, a lot of people want him to stay now, but... Uh, yeah, I can certainly understand it uh, from your point of view as well. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting uh, off-season. I suppose uh, if Alistair Clarkson came in and, and said, look, yeah, go to another club, go to Geelong, try and get a flag there, I think it will go down a lot easier if uh, Alistair Clarkson said that. So, <laughs> yeah, whereas uh, maybe if David Noble said that, then, uh, yeah, there'd be a riot at Arden's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, no, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't too popular in the end. Uh, unfortunately, was David Noble. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's just the way it goes. It's uh, the nature of the yeah. business. Unfortunately, now um, we, we get a few players back this week in core: Curtis Hall, uh, Lockie Young. They come back from the COVID protocols. Taron Thomas is a big chance to come back this week as well, which would, which we'd love to see. Um, do you see them all coming back this week as team changes? That's that's um, that's four at least uh, from COVID protocols and possibly Terence Thomas as well. That's five players. Um, do you see him coming back? We might we might not see Lucky Young come back until the Adelaide game just because they might want him to have a two or three day block of training to get that back into his system. So I think we can see Core, um, Curtis and Hall all back in. Um, who do you take out for Terence Thomas? I'm not too sure at this age. I haven't really had a rundown of um, who would come in and out, but if I was just guessing right now, I would say all four of those players, get them back in, get us some uh, running into Swans as well because the Swans are going to be coming hard against us. We know that. So we might need a bit of um, speed off the halfback, a bit of forward pressure from Curtis. Core, he's... he's he's jailing every week with the, court, with the, with the back um, six, so... Yeah, again, it's, it's it's hard to say who comes in and out because we're at that stage where the pressure's on for players to perform with the um, players that are knocking on the door from VFL or to come back in the squad from um, protocols. So we'll see, we'll see well, on Thursday night what they say about the um, players coming in. Yeah, yeah, fair. I mean, you got... Uh... 
who was it? Lazaro, Jackson Archer came in. Uh, Callum Dawson came in. Uh, Kane, Tur- Kane Turner was a late in. So I was, uh, Phoenix Spice was late in as well. So I suppose they're the five that uh, on the fringes yeah. if they can come back in. I mean, they're the, probably the only five really. Um, Josh Walker wouldn't be a medical sub next week. You would have you would have to think not. So I yeah. Think so. Yeah, no, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> Not a key uh, defender. You, it might have been handy on the weekend too because uh, oh. I found Aiden Bonner was uh, just a bit undersized like he often is, unfortunately, for him, Aiden. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, that'll play it, I guess, um, and uh, see yeah, see how we go with all that sort of thing. So we'll worry about that uh, come Thursday night. Uh, anyways, Michael, uh, did you want to add anything else? Um. I'd just like to say thank you for the opportunity for having me on the podcast. Um, been really good. Was was really looking forward to it from the time I was away when I was asked. Um, hopefully have me back on one day again in future. So look, what well our North Porters this year as well. You've all stuck thick with the club. Congratulations, all you guys, for breaking record membership. And hopefully, if Jeff Clarko, we can get sixty k members, which is a big jump. But look, that would be awesome if you do. Um, and I can't wait for the future that we have with the club and with the new coach, and hopefully it all goes well this weekend for us too. Go Kangas. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself, Michael. It was a good debut. Uh, I'm sure I'll get you back on soon. I don't think you're going to get omitted uh, just yet. So, no, um, yeah, no, it was was good to chat to you, Michael. Um, Where can people find you on uh, socials if they do want to chat to you about North Melbourne? Yeah, no worries. So on my Twitter, it's uh, Mick underscore Ruse 3. Feel free to send me a message if you'd like to. Um, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, so, look, yeah, hop onto that if you'd like to. And uh, hope to hear from you guys. Don't really go too hard on me, please. Go as hard if you want. It's okay. Um, I'm open to criticism. Yeah, well, you did say uh, to deal with uh, Todd Goldstein, so you might get uh, a bit of <laughs> a few DMs after this episode. Who knows? Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got your replies ready. That's uh, good to hear. Uh, anyways, Michael, it's been a pleasure, and I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Dean. Enjoy your night. So thanks to Michael for coming on the show once again. A good first game performance for the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Uh, enjoy chatting. Enjoy that chat. Um, anyways, that's it for this episode. I will be back later in a week to discuss uh, our game against coming up against the Sydney Swans. Any uh, latest news? Obviously, there's talk um, about Alistair Clarkson coming this week, like I discussed with Michael. So, yeah, I mean, that could that news could be as imminent as tomorrow, as far as we hear. But, um, yeah, look, it's looking likely, uh, which is really good, real positive, uh, good story for the club. Uh, so, yeah, looking, uh, yeah, it's looking promising. And I'm sure there'll be other news come up in the next couple of days. Uh, obviously, hopefully, no more COVID protocols or you know, COVID absences this week against the Swans. So we'll see how we go with that. We've obviously had a little bit of an outbreak in the, the past uh, yeah week or so since we came back from Tassie. Anyways, like I said, uh, that's it for this episode. I uh, appreciate all the likes, comments, retweets you guys are doing. You know, even the comments that you guys did for the Phoenix Spicer tweet. You know, it's good to get. Uh, the North Melbourne community involved. I, you know, I, unfortunately, I can't read too many of them all at once. Um, I, I do see them uh, occasionally. Yeah, not all the time. I, I miss the odd one here and there, but I'll try and look through them as much as I can and um, interact. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, my life does get uh, pretty hectic. So 
I try not to get on, uh, you know, uh, Twitter comments uh, or, or, or go on Twitter too much or any social networking uh, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate all the things you guys do to, you know, uh, promote the show. I know Patrick Allwood, um, uh, you know, a great fan of the show, always retweets and a number of, you know, a number of others uh, do as well. So really appreciate it. I've had some really great guests this year. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for all you guys, um, all you, you know, fantastic North supporters for promoting the show. So, yeah, no, I, I couldn't ask for more, to be honest with you, in that regard. Uh, anyways, that's it. Like I said, I'll be back later in the week. And today, I will leave a shout-out to Mark Lyle. Bye for now.